Well, praise God, church. Get your Bibles out if you would. And if you would, go to Romans chapter 13. Romans 13, 11. I've been trying to figure out how to preach this message this morning. I finally, I'm just going to dive into it. Y'all just hang on and let's just go for it. Tracy's trying to steal my thunder over here. I have to let her know what she can say before she gets up here. But anyway, I just want us to pray right now before we go into this word, because I, I really want a miracle to take place at the end of the service. So, Father, I just believe you right now for, Lord, for signs, wonders, and miracles. I believe you, Lord God, that you are a God who's in control. Lord, I believe the devil's not in control. I know the devil's not going to win. And I know that I've already read the end of the book and that you win and we win and it's all good. But I just pray this morning, Lord God, that eyes of the people would be open, that everybody that hears and watches this message, Lord God, their eyes would be open, that they would begin to behold things and see things like they've never seen them before. And Lord, I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans 13, 11. It says, and do this, know that the time, know that, knowing, <laughs> let's start over. And do this, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of our sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than it was when we first believed. I want to preach to you this morning and share this message with you this morning about uh, waking up. Now, I, I always kind of feel like I'm preaching to the crowd, but you got to understand something that this morning as I'm looking across here and as, as, as my week has transpired and talking to people and all, I realize that we have people in all different areas of life here this morning. Some of you are, you know, are having great days. It's great days. Business is good. You're doing good. Everything's good. Others of you, you know, you're going through a trial here or a trial there. And some of us are just old. Some of us are, are young and, and trying to figure out how to do business. And so there, you know, I've got a wide variety of people that I'm preaching to this morning, but I just want to, I just want to show you something this morning. And I, and I titled this message awake. Because I really believe that the Christian church needs to wake up. And I, I know I'm kind of preaching to the crowd because I'm talking to y'all and y'all are radical and you drove here. But I know that you need to have information and you need we need to get fired up and that you have friends and you have other people that you need to bring awareness to them and say, hey, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up so that they can understand. You know, the church is is the foundation of everything that Jesus is trying to do on the face of this earth, the church. You got to understand, the church is not a denomination. The church is the body of believers around this world, all right? It's not just Americans. Don't get just an American mentality. I remember when I first read the Bible for the very first time, it never dawned on me, I'm just telling you this, and this is sad, but going through years of denominational church and hearing all this, when I started to read the Bible for the very first time with my eyes open, I, th I said, huh, I didn't realize Jesus was a Jew. It never dawned on me. I was still thinking with American eyes, you know, like, like it's all about America. Not that it's Jewish. It's all Jewish. It's all completely different than who we are as people. We're Gentiles that got born into the kingdom of God, which is a Jewish nation. The root of the tree is Jewish. You're the branches that came off. And we're Gentiles, and we just got grafted in. And glory to God, I'm glad we did. Amen? Woo! Listen, now this sounds crazy, you know, but I don't want to be Jewish. Hear me now. Because I want to be a Gentile that got born by faith in Jesus Christ and his blood upon me. I don't want to have to go through the Jewish stuff. Hello? 
You may say, what? No, I'm glad I'm a Gentile. I'm glad I got the easy route. I got born again. I got grafted into the tree. Because the Jewish people, God deals with them differently. Hello? So I, I'm happy to be a Gentile. I'm happy we got born into. But the God brought about the kingdom of God. He brought about on this earth. He brought about the church. And when I say the church, remember, I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm not talking about living water church. I'm talking about the body of believers who really, truly do believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of the world, that he is the, the way, he is the truth, he is the life, right? Right? And so I, I'm talking to believers, that whether they're Chinese, they're, you know, Filipino, Indonesian, you know, whoever, Guatemalan, American, whatever. I'm talking to Christians, okay? And the church needs to wake up because what's going on right now is the devil, <coughs> excuse me, is doing all kinds of tricks. He's doing all kinds of, 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 of deceptive things to get our eyes focused on something else. I remember when, when, when I was in high school and I, I played football and I was a lineman, I was the right guard, and I remember one day the coach came up with this new play. And, 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 and so he took all the other the linemen on the right side and moved everybody to the left and left me there, only one on the right side. He shifted everybody over, and it was a trick play, and so it was supposed to be like ever, like it was going to confuse the, their defense, and they were going to like say, what? You know, where's, where, where's, where's my guy? You know, there's nobody here. And everybody went to that side, and so then they was caused the defense to assume we were all going to the strong side when really we went to the weak side and ran over here. I don't know if it worked. I can't remember. I remember I didn't like it because I was the only one on the other side and it was up to me and the pressure was on me to block and I didn't like it and I didn't like the play, but you know, I, I don't know if it worked, but it was a trick play. It was a deception. Hello? It was a deception to do something that caused the defense to get off. Well, folks, we don't need to be living in a day where the devil is deceiving us. We need to wake up and we need to be smart. We need to be Christians that are hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and knowing what's going on and saying, oh yeah, we know that trick. Nah, that don't mean nothing. Okay, another scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. 1 Corinthians 15, 34 says, Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some of you do not have the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. So Paul said, tell the church then, listen to me, then, to wake up. All right? This is not something new. Christians have been asleep for a long time. But there's always a remnant of Christians, those that are really godly, believing, believing God to do it. Listen to me, church. God can, will, God can and will do anything for you that you are believing for. You want him to restore your life, restore your family, restore your marriage, restore your finances, restore whatever? He'll do it. If you'll just get in the right place and listen for him to what to do, he'll do it. God's a God of work in miracles. It may not come about exactly as fast as you think it should. It may not come about exactly the time that you think it should. It may not come about exactly looking like you think it should. But I'm going to tell you what, God will do it if you'll give him place. I can stand up here right now and tell you I've been serving the Lord for 36 years with all my heart. And, and from the day I got saved, and I've been serving him with all of my heart. And I have not seen everything come to pass like I thought it was going to come to pass. But it did come to pass. Hello? I've walked through some stuff that I didn't really think I should have walked through. I wouldn't have liked to. I would have not. I would have preferred not to walk through it. 
But when I came out on the other side, it's kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, wouldn't you have rather God just put the fire out? Huh? You're standing in front of the burning, fiery furnace, and you're praying, oh, God, do something. Wouldn't you just like water dissolve, and it went out? And that'd be the miracle. Not get thrown into the middle of it and it not burn you. Because that place of being in safety on this side to falling in the fire and then figuring out you're not on fire, I think that little bit of time right there was pretty stressful. Right? But see, as Christians, we don't want to have any stress. We don't want to have any, 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 anything that, ah, we want God to deliver us. We want to walk through it easy. And us American Christians are worse than others because we don't expect discomfort. We want comfort. Hello? Me too. I like comfort. All right? I remember, I remember preaching in Mexico for so many years and in those churches down there that I always joke to myself and say, yeah, you hadn't really praised the Lord till you start sweating. Because, you know, it'd be hot and you start singing and, man, they got it going and you're moving and the next thing you know, you're starting sweating. Unless you sweated your whole shirt out, you really didn't enter into praise and worship. Right? That's just the wet was just the standard. But, you know, today, if I did that, y'all would all be saying, oh, it's too hot. I mean, we got to go. We can't get in there. Turn up the air conditioner. Or as I'll always say, turn down the air conditioner. But I do that on purpose because I ain't going to let you get all nice and warm and comfy in here. Go to sleep. <laughs> Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10. It says, finally, my brethren be, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or stand against the wiles of the devil. So Paul, again, here, he's talking to the church at Ephesus, and this is, this is huh, a, a while back, right? He's saying, look, you've got to be ready. You've got to be armed. The church today needs to stand up and be armed. You as Christians need to get off of your, and get out there and tell people the truth. And not back down and not be a cowardly church and not be a church who's going to back down and say, well, I just don't want to offend them. It's time to offend some people. All right. And I don't mean that in an ugly way. Don't go out there and just be ugly and say, I never did like you. you you're fat. You're ugly. No, I'm talking about if they're going to get offended that you're a Christian or that Christianity is true, that you're believing in God. Well, then, folks, listen to me. <clears throat> There's no hope for the world if it's not you. And I would rather look at Jesus and Jesus say, way to go, slugger, than to have not made anybody uncomfortable on this earth. Okay? So look at Matthew 24, 4. Now, I see something going on, and I was talking to some people in, 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 uh, in Tulsa this week and I had some other people that I know in different places, and and I was asking questions because I'm not traveling. I don't see, I don't get to go into other churches and see what's going on. I'm here at home with y'all. And I was just asking questions. And I've, I've been so amazed because during the, the, the pandemic started out, churches shut their doors and, you know, because they didn't know what to do or whatever. And, you know, everybody's telling us that they're going to be hauling people all off in body bags and all this kind of stuff, truckloads of dead people leaving and all this. And so churches shut their doors down and they didn't open in Tulsa for a year. 
be shut down. And we're talking word of faith churches. We're talking Tulsa, Oklahoma is the mecca of word of faith, okay? And we're talking about people that should have been in faith, people that should have had the word of God, people that should have known what's what's right or what's wrong, just closed down and all went online and just everybody isolated themselves, okay? Now, you can argue the fact with me this way or that or whatever, but I'm not here to argue about the pandemic. I'm talking about faith. And I'm talking about the church being shut down, the voice of God being shut down, closed down, people not fellowshipping. The Bible says that he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. Well, you're in trouble if you're at home seeking your own desire. Okay? But congregating together, that's why next week I'm really pushing. We, we come together uh, as a families, and we're going to have all kinds of things going on because we need community. We need each other. You're not going to make it on your own, folks, and what's coming. Listen to me. You better, if you, don't, if you said, I don't like friends, I don't like people. You better start liking people. You better start finding at least some other crazy person like you you can at least associate with. Because, I mean, you need somebody. Hello? All the days of saying you're just going to dig yourself a hole up in the hills and, and, and you're going you're gonna to be able to hang out and you're just going you to do You ain't going to make it. I'm telling you, you're not going to make it. All right? We need each other right now. We need strong communities of godly, Bible-believing Christians. Okay? So Matthew 24, 4, Jesus said, uh, he answered and he said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many, and they will... You'll hear wars and rumors of wars and see that, that, that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass before the end and the end's not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and these uh, will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. Folks, listen to me. You don't have to look around too hard into the world to look and see that there's a, there is sorrow. All right. Now, I'm not here today to preach an end time message. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I know he's coming back. Hello? He didn't leave us and he didn't forsake us. I know he's coming back. I don't know when it's going to be. And I know that he wants us to be, though, a strong church going all the way up into the end of the day he comes back. That's our job. All right? And so our job is to be prepared as a church and to be ready as a church, not a church that's asleep, not a church that's lax, not a church that's just grown fat and weary and weary of doing good and we're tired and we already did this and I don't know, I don't want to go to dinner on the grounds, I don't want to talk with nobody. <clears throat> no, no, we need to be people that are alive and we'll say, who are you? And what are you doing? And what do you do? And how are you? What's going on? And I like that. Really? I know. Get to know one another. All right. That's what we need to do. That's why I'm forcing y'all together. You say, I don't like it. I told, told the, the staff, yeah, they said, man, let's just have free beer and barbecue. They'll all show up, man. Bless God. <laughs> have a fiddle player over in the corner, man, man. We'll fill the church overnight. I didn't agree with me, so I didn't get to do that. But anyway, anyway, back to the story. It's the end of sorrows. He, Jesus said there's going to come a day that's it's sorrows. Folks, do you know that? Listen, get out of your comfort zone and thinking about what's going on around here. Do you know that there's floods in China like never before? There's floods in different places all over the world killing people. There's famine all over the place. Ethiopia is messed up. Everything's messed up. There's things. There are people hurting and suffering around the world. All right? Now, Jesus wanted us to have a, a global mentality in the sense that we're caring about everybody everywhere, but we can only take care of what's in front of us. Y'all understand that? <clears throat> Years ago, I was praying, I asked the Lord, you know, oh God, what do I do? Do I go here? Do I go there? What do I do this and do that? And he said, look, do what I put in front of you. 
Ain't no sense in trying to open a door somewhere that's not open to you. If the door's open, go through it. If the door's closed, leave it alone. Quit trying to pry it open. I said, okay, Lord. But we can look at signs. We can look at, at, at things that are going on. We can look at the, 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 the world around us right now, and you can kind of start to look and see what's taking place and the severity of what's taking place. And we've, I, like, I'm tired of walking around saying, I just can't believe that. I mean, what? I, 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 what? I can't believe that. I can't believe, I've just been walking around saying that over and over again. I can't, man, I can't believe that. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe that's happening. And so now I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, you know, just look at it as the signs of the times. Look at it, what's going on, and just accept it and say, oh, okay, that's the trick play you're pulling. Okay? So, Matthew, I'm going to give you some signs of worldly government here, just so you can just see it biblically. Matthew 2.16. Go to Matthew 2.16. I forgot my water. <laughs> Got to have my water. I'm running out. That messes the camera shot up. Now I'm back again. Okay. Matthew 2.16. Do you realize that Herod sent to Nazareth guards and they went into the town and killed all the children, male children from two years old and down? devil loves to kill children. All right? Now, after what the, Tracy was just talking about, that 218 people in our House of Representatives voted for full-term abortion, I, I'm, I'm shocked, and I walked around for a while saying, what? What? I can't believe that they do this. Right? But then I thought, well, uh, yeah, why wouldn't they? They're demonic, and so therefore, it's a demonic deal. It's a demonic push. It's, it's of the devil. And so he likes to kill children. So, of course, this is fits into the end of sorrows. So then I did what every one of you should do is I prayed against it. I prayed against all of them. I prayed against everybody that voted for. I prayed for the Holy Spirit to convict every one of them. I prayed for every one of them to have some kind of an encounter with a child that week that they would be convicted of and know what they were, you know, would be miserable because that's what we're supposed to do. But it's a sign of the times that we're in, folks. Okay. John 16, 1, Jesus said, these things I, I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They'll put you out of the synagogues, yes, in a time to come that whoever kills you will think that he's doing God a service. Listen to me, folks. A time of sorrows, a time of a demonic government, a sign of that is hatred to the church and hatred to Christians. It's not like a new thing is what I'm trying to get across to you this morning. Killing babies isn't a new thing. Hating Christians and killing Christians is not a new thing. It's been going on for thousands of years. We need to wake up and say, oh, what? What is this? No, that's, a, that's one of the wiles of the devil. That's what he wants to do. He wants to, you got to get yourself into the place where you'll quit looking at this thing as Republican, Democrat, conservative and liberal, and start looking at it as demonic and godly. Okay, so here we go. How about this? Acts chapter 9, the apostle Paul got letters to go out and persecute Christians. So this is not anything new, folks. What I'm saying to you, persecution, we haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. The next step, the wiles of the enemy. And I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because I don't mind being persecuted when I'm right. I don't like getting punished when I've done something wrong, but I love it when I know I'm right. Woo! I love to get in a fight when I know I'm going to win. Doesn't bother me a bit. I'm not scared of it at all. Hello? 
it's exciting to me because it's like, oh, you're going to pull that. You're going to pull old play number 33, huh? <laughs> we already know that. We already read the playbook. We know what happens. We still win. But if you're a Christian, you're like, oh, what's going on? Oh, my God, this is happening. Oh, this is, oh, God. Oh, ah. And you're running around like that all the time. You're not being who you are as a, as a body of Christ. You're getting distracted. You get caught up by the wiles of the devil. You're getting stirred up and you're missing what God's called us to do, which is stand up and preach the God. Tell people that Jesus is the answer to the problems of their life. Tell, Jesus, tell them that if they call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Okay. The, the, another, another sign is a suppression of truth. Okay, suppression of truth. Okay, it says in Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and, un and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. We have churches today, church denominations, huge denominations founded by godly, godly men who had revelations from heaven and founded great denominations. And they're arguing today about black and white issues within the scriptures. And they're dividing and saying, well, we shouldn't do that. You know, it's love. It's love. We've got to walk in love and we need to let this happen. And I know this is what the word says, but we you know it's love is to do this. And they're changing and suppressing the truth because they don't want the truth because the truth isn't what they want to do. But I love the truth because I know that if I keep standing in truth, hey, man, everything's OK, because if everything's OK with me and Jesus, whoo, I'm I'm satisfied. Everybody else can get mad at me. Y'all can stand outside and throw rocks at me. Don't make me a bit of difference. I wouldn't suggest that, but you can do it if you want to. But I, I'm just telling you, I, as long as I'm standing in truth and I'm standing in the word. Now, if I start preaching on the Reader's Digest, y'all come up here and drag me out. But if I'm telling you what the word says, well, you're either going to do it or you're going to have to get out. Hello? And I'm surprised at churches and people and pastors who aren't preaching the truth. Now we're getting pastors off because, see, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of, of, of just, you know, we've got people that are going, they're pastors that are going far right. And they're just building people up who are just angry and, and ready to go to war and this and that and the other. Ah, you know, we got to do this. No, I want to be radical in the sense that I want to be a radical Christian. I think every one of you need to call your congressman this week and say, you're a sorry piece of trash if you voted for this. Tell them I don't care. It don't make no difference. Tell them what you think. I, I think that we need to go and watch our schools and what's going on in our schools. And if there's something going on in the school that isn't right and isn't godly, you need to go up there and we need to protest. We need to go up there with pitchforks burning, I'm telling you. I guess that doesn't work. Pitchforks don't burn. But anyway, you get my point. Red hot pitchforks. No, it's time to stand up and go up there and say, no, that is ridiculous. We are not going to have that taught in school. End of story. They say, well, why? It's against the teachings of the word of God. And we're Christians and we're not going to put up with that. I mean, we've got to get radical folks. And I'm, I'm depending on you. Who are involved in different levels of, 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 of everything from school to community like that to tell me when something's going on, because I don't know that I know all of it. You see what I mean? But you want to start a riot? I'm ready. I'm your guy. All right. Because we got to get vocal. We've got to get to the place where we're saying, no, that's not going to, you're not going to suppress the truth. The truth is, this is what's true, and this is what's going to work. All right? So, 
Romans 1.28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to debased minds. So another thing we see is just this, this craziness going on about a debased mind of people just going against what's natural and what's nature. All right? It's a demonic trick. It's a demonic wow of the devil to come in there. If we allow it to continue, you're going to be in trouble. But if we stand up and say, no, that is not right, put it down in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that, then I want to tell you something, you're going to get victory. All right? But all of these are signs of the times we're in. Listen to me. If you listen to uh, Joe Biden's speech at the at the at the UN Council the other day, all he's talking about is is global government, global government, global government, global government, global government, global government. He just keeps saying it over and over and over. Global government, global government. They're trying to take away America and and individuals. They don't they don't they want to take away France and England and everything. They want global citizenship, global money exchange, global everything. Well, of course they do. Just go read the, the end of the, your Bible. Go read Daniel. Go read Revelation. Go read Ezekiel. Because they've got to have a one world government for the Antichrist to come into. And it's trying to form. I'm not saying, I don't know if it's going to get formed. I won't tell you. This is my, I'll just tell you. I, I, I got three theories. You want to hear my three theories? Number one theory, okay? We end up as a third world government. I'm talking about the United States. We end up just like Guatemala. We end up as a socialistic, uh, Guatemala's not communistic, but uh, communistic, socialistic, third world country. You're going to go out there. You're going to be lucky to have a motorcycle to ride on up here and find enough gas to get anywhere. And and life's going to get hard. It's going to get tough. And we're going to go like that for a while. Okay, that's theory number one. Theory number two. Theory number two. Theory number two is that, uh, no, it's not going to go that way. It's going to, we're going to end up in some sort of a Huskal semi-civil war kind of thing, and we're going to take back over, whether it's through voting or whatever, and it's going to turn around, and then we're going to keep going for a while. But I'm going to tell you, the end's still coming. Hear what, I, hear what I'm saying to you, church. I'm like Gamal standing up in front of you this morning saying, look, we just don't want to find ourselves fighting against God. There is, there's an end of the book. That is going to come to pass at some time when God says, okay, enough's enough. Are we there? I don't know. We're closer today than we were yesterday. I got that one. Yeah. Yeah. the saith the Lord. We're closer today than we were yesterday. Everybody can say, yes, amen. That's the word of the guard. I don't know. Maybe everything in 24 changes around and we go on and we just keep on going, but we better wake up. Because I'm telling you what, God's looking for a people. See, folks, I'm going to go out in shape. I'm not talking about this. I I mean, this, I don't know. (laughs) But I'm talking about spiritually in shape. I want to go out in in, in the, the, I mean, the most radical, fired up church. I want Living Waters Church to be the most radical, fired up church. I want people just to walk into church, get healed. I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to see us prosperous. I want to see us victorious. I want to see our kids on fire. I want to see good things. And we're going out sharp. Or at least I'm going out sharp. You know what I'm saying? If I drop dead from this pulpit, my last message, I'm telling you what, is going to be one pressuring you to be sharp. All right? So I don't know the timing. 
God says nobody knows the timing. The third, the third one is, the third one is, is that we're set for the end time. This is God's deal. He's pulling it all off. We're going to see some, some things change. We're going to see some things roll over. We're going to see everything go to, and then we're going to see Jesus coming in the clouds. We're out of here, okay? Those are my three theories. So they're pretty broad theories, right? I mean, they're pretty out there. They're like, like I can't miss in one of those three. All right. Yeah, I'm covered, man. I got three. I don't know if it's one, two, or three. I'm, I'm hoping it's three, but it might not be. But no matter what it is, I'm going to go out sharp. Are you all with me? So what I'm saying to you today is there's some things. I'm going to give you seven quick things here. Seven things you need to write down. Seven things you need to make sure in your life because I want to go out sharp. I want my knife sharp. I want my sword sharp. I want to be good. I want to be skilled at what I do. All right? So the first one is, I mean, y'all are going to say, Pastor, you sound like a broken record. And I do. Man, I do. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, 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 well, I'm not apologizing for the gospel. I'm just saying, you're going to get the same kind of thing in here until y'all get me to a place where I'm saying, okay, well, we can move on. All right? And the first one is simply this, Proverbs 1 and 7. The first thing that you've got to be doing is, I'm asking you today, are you walking in the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord, it says, is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen to me. Is God involved in everything of your day, everything of your moment, everything of your second? Is God involved in your marriage, in your thoughts, in your raising your children, in where they're going to go to college? What are you going to do, kids? Some of these parents, listen to me. One of the big things you've got to be praying about now is where are you going to send your kids to college? Because kids keep going off to college and then they get up there with all the liberal professors and they, they ruin them and they corrupt them. Folks, listen to me. We've got to have a foundation on the inside of them that our kids get up there and they change the world. But it's not going to happen unless you have the fear of the Lord in you. And I'm not talking about like, oh, God, I'm scared of God. No, I'm talking about that. You know, God is the answer. He is the Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And you know that he's the answer. So therefore, you, everything about you, the money you make, the money you give, what you do, your business, everything has to do about the fear of the Lord. One of the great problems that has been with America is America's always had the great American dream, which everybody's like, what? Yeah, because you've always had the American dream that you're going to get a good job, you're going to get wealthy, you're going to get a house, get a boat, get a car, get all these things you want, have this nice dream, and you're living in luxury. But the thing is, that doesn't get you into eternity. And what we need to have in the fear of the Lord is you're concerned about what's on the other side. You're concerned about the hereafter. You're concerned about what happens and what your house looks like on the other side. Your financial plan looks like on the other side. Amen. You say, you got to have a financial plan on the other side? Well, Jesus told the rich man, he said, man, you're, you're, you should put, be laying up treasures in heaven. So why are you laying up treasures in heaven? Of course... You know, a cardboard box under a bridge in heaven is going to be better than hell. So, <clears throat> but my point is, we've all focused our attention on the here and the now. Like we got to build this and this is our empire and this is what it's all about when it's really not all about this. It's about that. Right? There's nothing wrong with building everything around here as long as you're doing it in the fear of God because you know what's going to happen on the other side. But do you have the fear of God in you? Listen to me. What are you? Is everything you're doing? Listen to me. I'm talking about everything you're doing. Or do you talk to God about it before you do it? That's having the fear of the Lord in you. The fear of the Lord is going in there every day, waking up and saying, "Good morning, Holy Spirit. How are you doing? What do you want to lead me into today?" Oh, the second one you're going to love it. Woo! Second one's a good one. Matthew six twenty five. 
Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life. Huh. Did you know as a Christian you're not supposed to worry? Well, that's impossible. There's all kinds of things that scare me out there. I have, I'm worried about everything. Uh, no, you're not walking right. The Bible says they're supposed to be trusting him. Listen to me. I understand things are bad right now. I understand that, that, that uh, you know, some of the things look really dark. But, you know, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm just, and I'll get down to this point in just a minute. I'm just listening for what does God want me to do. Now, I want you all to understand something, church. I, I believe that as people, we need to be prepared. I've told you all this forever. You're country people. You don't know what's going to happen around here. I mean, it's look, we got some chances of rain this week. It could, I remember a day when it rained 62 inches here. Hello? I remember seeing that field out there with water going across the whole thing, flooding going that direction as a river. And we had a 30% chance of rain. <laughs> Are you with me here? Those of you that were here and walked through that, you remember. There was a 30% chance of rain. Nobody thought it was going to rain. And it, then we thought it wasn't going to quit. Right? So you need to be prepared. You need to have some food. You need to have some groceries. You need to have some shells. You can select whatever you want, but I'm telling you, you do. We live out here in the country. There's all kinds of things. And I'm just saying to you, I'm not saying you don't work, you don't, you just lay down and say, oh, well, whatever happens, happens. No, but your faith and trust, because you first thing is you fear the Lord, then the, your faith and trust is in him that he's going to get you through it, whatever the miracle is that it takes to do. Hello? I made it through the 62 inches. I made it through the winter of 2020. It's close, but I made it. Hello? I know everybody up north would just laugh, say, man, y'all got a foot of snow. And yeah, I'd like to kill all of us. <laughs> like to kill the whole lot, shut the whole country down. But we're not supposed to be worried. So, so 218 people voted for the abortion deal, but I'm not going to sit up at night and worry about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to turn over to the Lord. I'm going to listen to him. What do you want me to do? Because worrying, Jesus went on to say, it doesn't, bring, it doesn't give you one more inch to your height. And so we got people, now listen to me, hear me good. Everybody out there watching, listen, hear me good. We got people worried that are on the far right. And we got people that are worried that are on the far left. And we got people worried that are just in the middle. And my point is, I don't know what's happening. I can't call the shots. I'm not going to tell you, but I am not going to be over there biting my fingernails saying, oh, they cheated in the election. It's all wrong. Oh, my God, what's happening? This is not right. Ah, oh. And get myself all worked up about it. I'm going to take it to the courts of heaven and say, Lord, I think they cheated. And I don't like it, and I know you don't. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and what are we going to do about it? I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to let it alter my life and my personality. I'm not going to stay home. I'm tired of people telling me, and so somebody's going to get mad about this one, but that's okay. Uh, I'm tired of people telling me, you got, make sure you got food this week because something bad's coming, and it's going to be you know, three weeks of all, you know. I'm tired of that. I've been through the three-week deal for two years now, and ain't nothing happened yet. And he said, well, what if it's next week? I'm not going to be worried. 
Are y'all with me? Christians, we're not supposed to be walking in fear. And I cannot believe people are so caught up in fear. Now the government's trying to push us to where you got, now we've got a war, civil war between vaccinated and unvaccinated. Have you ever heard of anything stupider than that? Between vaccinated and unvaccinated, now we're going to have a war between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. I mean, if they can't find something else to pick at and push and just push and push and push. All right. But I'm getting kind of tired of it because it it does nothing but birth fear. I loved it this week. I love God. I love his humor. I love what he did. I don't know if you all saw this and in, 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 I just saw it on, caught it on a news clip where on The View, they, they had two of their hosts that, that they had to pull off real quick because the vice president was coming because they had tested positive. But they were vaccinated. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wasn't laughing, Lord. I wasn't rejoicing. Something was going on, Lord. <laughs> okay, the third thing here. Okay, let me move on here. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Is that scripture true or not? Is it true? Come on, church. You can't take the scripture and say, Oh, well, I believe Romans 10, 9, that, I, that, that if I confess in my mouth and believe in my heart, I'll be saved. I believe that, but I don't know about this one. No, it's either all true, it's an untrue. If Philippians 4, 6 is true, he's telling you be anxious for nothing. Why? Because you have a relationship with God where you have gone to the throne, you've gone to the courts of heaven, you have talked with him, and you know everything's okay. Christians we got out there today, they said that the, that, that, uh, uh, the normal Christian Praise three minutes a day. Three minutes. That's ridiculous. We should be praying all the time. You're driving down the road in the car praying. You should be talking to God all the time because you have a relationship. Man, how well would you be in your marriage if you only had three minutes a day with your spouse? How good would your relationship be? Only three minutes you talk to him. You think about that. Three minutes. That's not long. I mean, I guess you could get out what's for breakfast, what's for supper, and what's for dinner. So how's that going to go in your relationship? And you've got an almighty God that loves you. He'll do anything in the world for you. He'll restore anything in your life if you'll look to him, and he'll do anything for you, but you're only going to spend three minutes with him? Well, what that tells me is you don't believe that God's going to do anything. That religion has come into your life, and you've just become religious. You just got a, a, you know, a sticker that says you're a Christian. Now, my grandsons the other day were trying to get me to play a video game. And, and, and I was playing the video game, and, and I, of course, it, I, I can't. They're always like, uh, Papa, come move or do something, you know. I'm like, how? Anyway, so, so uh, but as I got, I was, got a revelation while I was playing this video game. Well, I was participating. I got a revelation. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh. How many Christians are playing, living their lives just like a video game? Their Christianity is just a game. They just play it when they want to, and they go through. But it's not really reality. It's not real. See, my Jesus is real. I had breakfast with him this morning. I went outside before I came to church, and the Holy Ghost and I got a plan for today. It's real with me. It's real when I pray that I've entered into the courts. You know how the English courts, 
You know, they got the, the Lords on one side and the, who's the other ones? Commons. On the other side, and they're sitting here, and then there's kind of a center. That's the way I see the courts of heaven in a sense. I just kind of walk into the middle of all the, the great saints, and I get down there, and I say, hey, Lord, this is what's going on. You say, man, you're pretty arrogant. Just do that. No, that's my birthright. I'm born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. No, he says I could come boldly into the throne room of grace. And I go just like this. Let him put the robe of righteousness on me and cover me in the blood. And I'm not too worried about anything else. And I go petition heaven. And I say, God, this is what's, this is what's going on. You've got this and this and this and this and this. You know, here I am. What are we going to do? Okay? But you've got to have a relationship. Folks, Christians don't have relationships. You can't go make a relationship in three minutes. We need to, if you're going to be sharp and you're going to go out of this thing sharp as a Christian, then you've got to have a relationship with the Lord. All right? So... John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if, but I, if, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will co convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of, uh, because they do not believe. So here's the, story, here's the passage Jesus talked about, the Holy Spirit coming to earth. The, the, the fourth thing is, you've got to get to know the Holy Spirit. Now, do you think about this? Jesus was down here on earth. He was resurrected, and he ascended to heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God. But he already told the disciples, he said, look, I, want to, I don't want you to be orphans. You need a helper. You need a helper to come to you. You need a helper to be there with you because you're too stupid to get it done. That's, he didn't say those words, but that's what he meant, which is the truth, which is the truth. The 12 that he picked, they were always arguing about every craziest thing in the world, who's going to be the greatest and getting mama to go up there and try to make ways for them and all kinds of stuff. All right? So I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down to earth. Let me see, do you know the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Are you full of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Think about this. Do you use the Holy Spirit in your day? Yes, Lord. Do you address the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit? Amen. He's not Casper the Friendly Ghost. He's the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit sent down here to be your comforter, to help you, to show you, to speak to you to give you direction, to tell you things to come is what he said. If we ever needed to know things to come is now. Because you need to know when to dodge and when to duck, when to roll. But we got to get to know the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to guide us and lead us into everything. Okay? Oh, I got to get moving. Fifth one, you got to learn to use your sword. Ephesians 6, 14 and 18 says, Stand therefore having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Folks, listen to me. <clears throat> and I pray that y'all have all at least been going through this year's uh, uh, chapter every, every week and, 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 and keeping your reading going. But folks, listen to me. You have got to get into the Word. When Jesus comes back, what does it say? He's written on his thigh. He's the word. If you don't have the word in your life, if you don't know what is the truth, you need to be sharp in your sword drills and knowing if somebody says something stupid to you, you can say, that's not what the Bible says. Had a person tell me one time, yeah, you know what the word says? God helps those that help themselves. And I said, no, no, no. It's not in the Bible. Benjamin Franklin said that. That's his quote. It's the truth. 
And the person was so shocked because they were assured, they were firm that that was the Word of God. I said, no, it's not in the Bible. It's not what the Bible says. That's Benjamin. Guy that flew a kite with a key on it, okay? All right? That's not the living Word of God. People need to know what the living Word of God is. You see, people are all upset, and a lot of people are upset because they don't know what's going on. And they're like, oh, you know, it's like Chicken Little running and saying that the, the, the world is, is falling, the world is falling. But folks, listen to me. If the world falls, Jesus comes back. So we're covered, all right? And then I hear people all the time saying dumb, dumb, dumb things out of their mouth. Well, like, it's, this must be the will of God. I'm like, that ain't the will of God. What is the matter with you? All right, but people don't know. They don't know what the truth is. We've got pe preachers preaching garbage, teaching garbage, and teaching it to their people, and then they're teaching it, and it's just a multiplication of stupidity. Hello? But you need to be those that are sharp in the Word, where you can sit there and say, no, 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 that's not what the Word says. That's not what the Word says. Okay, so the sixth thing here, okay, the sixth thing here, you go to 1 Kings 19.11, let me just tell you this story. Remember, it's where Elijah, Jezebel got after Elijah, and then he ran out into the wilderness, and he goes up to the mountain to hear God, right? And he's, he's, he's got this victim mentality on him. He's a poor victim. He's the only one left. Woe is me. The mean lady wants to kill me. So he goes to the mountain. God says, what are you doing here? Think about that. God says to him, what are you doing here? And so he starts into his, woe is me, I'm the only one left, there's nobody there ever being mean to me, mean woman wants to kill me. So God says, get up and stand on the edge of the mountain. He goes out there and stands on the mountain, and then here comes a big earthquake, right? And then the, you know, the, the fire and the whirlwind and everything. But then it says, and then God spoke to him in a still, small voice. Folks, today is the day you better be hearing the still, small voice of the Lord. You're not going to hear the still small voice of the Lord unless you have time that you're sitting down listening for the small voice of the Lord. In today's world and the craziness and everything going on, and, and, and you know, I'm telling you, if you do not take time to sit and meditate and hear the word of the Lord, there's no way God can get through to you. There's too much noise. There's absolutely too much noise going on. Our heads are buzzing with everything. I, I was so blessed this week because I kind of did a sign and a wonder. I had some people that came out to the house to do some work and didn't know them, never met them before. And the, the person was standing there and, he's, and he says, uh, you live here all the time? And I said, yes, yeah, it's my house. And he's just kind of, he's just kind of, you know, looking around and he says, man, it's peaceful out here. And I said, well, that's the presence of God you feel. It's Jesus. And he said, I, I, I thought that was. He said, I'm a Christian too. And I was blessed because he could sense on my property at my house the presence of the Lord. Because that's where I want to hear the voice of the Lord. All right? And you got to have it at your house, folks. Listen to me, and you can get it, but you got to work at it. That means you're going to shut the TV off. You got to get everything all, you know, in a place where you can hear God. But if you don't do no, rule number one, have a fear of the Lord then, you know, you're not worried too much about listening for God. If you just took the time and stopped worrying and used the time that you worry to listen to God, your whole life would change. 
Last one. Hebrews 10.23. Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Okay, that's a lot right there. Now, we hadn't gotten to the place right now to where, you know, they're actually, if you profess you're a Christian, you're going to be killed like you would be in Afghanistan right now. But, you know, it's time to not be worried about persecution or worried about what anybody else thinks. It's time to not be worried about, um, you know, what denomination you are, this, that, or the other. It's a time right now to hold fast to our confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? But it says, here's the next part. Let me start over. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Listen to me, church. God is faithful. God has not let you down. If you're sitting out there and you're thinking today, God, maybe it, I prayed and it, something didn't happen or it didn't happen like I thought it should have, or why did this happen, or why, why, why? And you think God's not faithful. I want you to know God is faithful. I want you to know God was crying right when you were crying too because he wanted it to work out different. I'm telling you, God is God, and he's faithful, and he never quits. He never gives up. He always loves you. His love is always stretching out towards you. But are you in a place that you'd receive it? He said, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. Now, did you ever think that would apply like it does today? But exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Here's where I'm at, and the reason why I'm talking about next week, we really have this family time, is folks, you are you're you have a duty to encourage one another in the Lord. You know, have you ever seen a movie where like the, the they're on a plane, it's gonna crash, and the, the lady's hysterical and she's screaming, and the guy goes up and slaps her. Psh, psh, right? I've always wanted to do that. I don't I'm sorry, that's just kind of like I always thought that would be fun. But uh, in a sense, that's how you have to be with your friends. When they're running crazy, ah, you have to get them. Get out of yourself. This is what the word of the Lord says. I'm encouraging you today. Be strong in the Lord. Listen to me. Do you have a good relationship with Jesus? No, let me pray for you. We have got to be the, we have got to be the standard. We've got to be the one that's standing there when the, when the, the flood's coming and we're not, we may be bending a little bit, but we're not breaking, we're not falling over. We're standing through the face of it all. We've got to be the ones that decide. I mean, listen, folks, you don't have to know all the, you know, end time eschatology and everything going on in the scriptures and you can be able to deliver the greatest message in the world. No, no, no. You just have to stand for the things that we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And God's going to answer your prayers and he'll hear your prayers. And are you right with God? And, you know, and, and just the simplest things that you've known since childhood. And folks, I believe, let me ask you a question, okay? I, 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 I don't believe that you have to be a born-again, washed-in-the-blood, Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, signs-and-wonder-walking Christian to know that if you had a nine-month-old child birth-born, that it would be wrong to kill it. I, you know, you don't, you don't have to be that wise to know that that's not right. I knew that when I wasn't even saved. Okay? So something has to be so demonic to even imagine that. Right? It's like, really, y'all are just, y'all just 
tried to go so far and outlandish to for a stunt. You can't really mean that because you know that that can't be the truth, right? But there are people in the world who don't they don't believe that. I mean, they do believe that. They don't know God. They don't know His love. They don't, they don't know what's right. They just want what they want. They're selfish. They're, they're, they're selfish and self-centered and godless. And they just want what they want. They just want things. They just want to do what they want to do. So if a man wants to dress in a, up in a dress and go into the women's restroom, well, then they want to do that, so then it's okay. And so let's get the law changed to do that. I mean, I'm just saying that's where they're at. Because that's where their minds are. They're really there. Okay? And so we're faced with some things that us as just good old country people are looking at saying, what are you talking about? Right? But we've got to be the standard, the one that stands up and says, no, that is not right. Why? Because the Word of God says so. We're Christians. End of story. We're right. You're wrong. I'm not arguing about with people about how much water to use or how you take communion or something like that. No, no, I'm just saying the, the big ones. Let's just take the Ten Commandments. Goodness, let's just use them. Are you with me? And so church, listen to me, we've got to wake up. I encourage you to wake up your friends. Wake up everybody around you. Get people, shake them, put a little... And say, man, you know, we're in, we're in, we're in, we're in the days of sorrow. We're definitely in the days of sorrow. Because I tell you what, God wept when, they, when, when our house voted for that. A tear fell from Jesus' eye. I said, these people are stupid. He probably didn't say that. But if I was there, I would have. I did. Are you all with me, church? And so as the days grow darker, we're going to grow lighter. We're going to go brighter. We're going to encourage one another to keep doing what we should be doing. We're not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We're going to keep encouraging each other. You need to listen to me. I know it's weird here because we don't have, you know, we have a neighbor and he's a mile away, right? We don't have like little cul-de-sacs with houses all on them like a lot of people in the city do. But you need to know your neighbor and you need to know what's going on around you and you need to know those people around you and you need to be able to pray for them and talk to them and have a relationship with them. You need to know, I mean, here our neighbors are at the coffee shop. So, you know, when you're at the coffee shop, you're going you're gonna to be praying for people. You're going to be on top of things. Because that's what we've got to do. We've got to be the light that shines in the midst of the darkness. Amen? Well, stand up if you would. For everybody out there watching, listen to me. If you don't know, if you don't know Jesus, well, then I'm going to tell you something. You've got to be troubled. You've got to be worried. You've got to be in fear. Your, your, your heart's heavy. But let me tell you what, Jesus loves you. The Bible says that he went to the cross. He gave his life for you. He died on the cross and shed his blood to be poured out in the courts of heaven for you to be able to come and be forgiven of your sins. We're all sinners. We're all guilty. But the blood is what makes the difference. Jesus arose out of the grave on Resurrection Sunday or Resurrection Day, and he arose and he said, anyone that believes in me, you can see I'm the Son of God. They'll be saved. And so I want to encourage you, if you're out there watching, right where you are, just ask Jesus to come into your life. Just make him the Lord and Savior of your life right there and pray earnestly to him, and he will touch you. He will set you free. Can I have my prayer team come down this morning? If you're in the building today and you're not sure that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, you're not sure that if today you died, you'd go to heaven. 
and there is fear in your heart and you're worried. Well, folks, listen, don't be. You can come up front. You can pray with one of these awesome perfume people and ask Jesus to come into your life and be right with him in just a second. It's not by their great ability to pray, but it's by the truth of the word of God and faith in you. Amen. So I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to believe you to just keep waking up and waking up and seeing things and seeing things and seeing things as the week goes on. And if you're in agreement with that, well, then get your faith lined up with me as I pray over you. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord God, that we wake up, that according to Ephesians 1.17, that our eyes of understanding be enlightened. We know the hope of the calling, Lord. We understand what's going on. That we can plainly and clearly see, Lord God, that as the world turns more demonic, as people continue to do more demonic things, they're not just things of the left. They're demonic, Lord. And we just declare right now that we're going to wake we're going to not be people who forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We're going to be people who encourage one another to keep going. We're going to hold our brothers and sisters' arms up. We're going to continue to lift ourselves up and go towards the, go towards the end with you, Lord, that we know is going to be victorious and successful. So, Lord, I pray right now for every one of them. I pray, oh, Lord God, that your hand of blessing is upon them. I pray, oh, Lord God, this week is blessed. You put us across paths of people that we can lead to you and that, Lord, we can truly be lights in the midst of darkness. And so today, Lord, I pray over each and every one of them that God, your good hand is upon them and that they are blessed, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.